you give it all up. And ultimately, wrong relationships can destroy you. You say, well now, wait a minute. I'm into that kind of relationship. What can I do? You have four solutions. You can pray for God to change the other person, or persons. Pray for God to change them. Will they always change? No. You know why? Not because God can't, but because they don't want to change. When somebody doesn't want to change, refuse to change, God, very seldom will God put such pressure on them and make them change. He gives them some sense of free will. So one of the things you can do is you can say, well, I'm going to just trust God and I'm going to pray that somehow God will change them. Secondly, you can give up your goals. You can give up your dream. You can give up your desire to be a godly person and to become the person God wants you to be and achieve the things that God wants you to achieve and give it up. The third thing you can do is to separate yourself from that relationship. It may be the job you're in. It may be a loving relationship with a person. It may be a friendship. Or you may be a person who's married to someone. Now watch this carefully, what I'm not going to say and what I'm going to say. You may be in a relationship with a person doesn't have your goals, not interested in your, in your life, or your future, anything else, only in themselves. Listen carefully to what I'm saying. I'm not saying that you should divorce a person because of that. I'm saying you have to face that relationship. You have to deal with that relationship. There may be situations and circumstances which a person absolutely cannot live with someone else because of danger or whatever it may be. I'm saying that God can take the most difficult relationships and when we put our faith and trust in Him, we can endure far more than we could ever realize we could. And there's one other solution that you have. The fourth solution is this. You can persevere and determine to be the person God wants you to be and listen, that you're going to achieve the things that God wants you to achieve by His help and His strength, no matter who you live with, or what the relationship is, you're not giving it up, you're not laying down, you're not walking away, you're not giving up in failure, you're going to trust God to use all the difficulty, all the hardship, all the criticism, listen, all, all the control mechanisms, all the manipulation to do what? To make you a godly man and a godly woman. But of course, it would be far better to have the right relationship. So I would say this to you. Before you get married, you need to sit down with the other person and find out what are their goals in life? Where are they headed in life? When they look in the future, what do they want to achieve in life? What do they want to accomplish in life? Somebody says, well, I just want to get married and be happy and, and be in love and have children. End of story. Well, you know how long it takes to get all that done? <laughs> it doesn't take a whole lot long. You've got the rest of your life to live. Then what? So the children are here and they're gone now out of school and, and uh, now you're a grandparent. Now what? You better sit down and do some hard, cold, serious, godly, spiritual thinking and find out who is this person, where they're headed in life, what are their goals. And if you, listen, and if you cannot say with a whole heart, a godly heart, listening to God, I do believe that I can link my life with this person. We have mutual goals. We want to walk in the same direction. We both want to be what God wants us to be. We both want to achieve the things that God wants us to achieve. We're committed to each other. Listen, we're committed to each other till death. 
We want God to accomplish His purpose in our life. We're committed to one another. We want to build up each other and encourage each other and comfort each other and motivate each other and stimulate each other and all the other others. That's what we want in life. Not that I think I'm in love. That's not enough. There's got to be something deeper, strong. There's got to be a foundation that is built on what? The truth of the Word of God. When it's built on this, listen, when it's built on this, you have a far better chance, a far better opportunity of making it work. You say, will it always work? No, because sometimes people change. But what does that mean about you? Does that mean that you have to change and give it up? No, because God lives on the inside of you. Whatever situation and circumstance and relationship He allows into your life, if you will respond to Him in the correct fashion, He will turn it for your good no matter what. Don't ever forget that. No matter what, He will turn it for your good. You're listening to In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. If you're searching for a godly companion, keep in mind that Jesus is enough. He will never hurt you, never leave you, and will be a friend who sticks closer than a brother. To listen again, click the link to Today on Radio at intouch.org. And that's where you'll find helpful resources for developing and maintaining healthy connections with others. If you'd like a copy of Dr. Stanley's complete message, you can order it from our online bookstore. The title is Right Relationships, or order his teaching set, How to Reach Your Full Potential. Our web address again is intouch.org, or call 1-800-IN-TOUCH. If you prefer, you can write to us at In Touch, Post Office Box 7900, Atlanta, Georgia, 30357. Character, commitment, prayer. Three qualifications to look for in godly friends. Today's moment with Charles Stanley is just ahead. In our spiritual journey, we often have questions. How do I know God's will for my life? Does God hear my prayers? Why do bad things happen? The answers are found in the Word of God. But how do we know where to start? The free In Touch devotional can help point you in the right direction with biblically-based content from Dr. Charles Stanley. You'll gain insight and wisdom through daily devotions, Bible studies, and more. The In Touch devotional, delivered monthly to your mailbox. Subscribe for free at intouch.org daily. Have you ever forgotten something God taught you when you were reading the Bible? When we take note of what God reveals to us, it helps us to apply it to our lives. With the Charles F. Stanley Life Principles Journal, you can keep track of your spiritual journey and be transformed by God's truths. This journal features artwork of Dr. Stanley's 30 life principles, lined pages for writing, a prayer journaling section, and more. To order, call 1-800-IN-TOUCH or go to intouch.org journal. You're listening to In Touch. There are three basic qualities believers should look for in godly friendships, and we'll hear about them in A Moment with Charles Stanley. Now you say, well, okay, what kind of qualifications should I be looking for in the right relationship? What would you be looking for? Number one, a person of godly character. You say, well, what in the world is godly character? A person who is godly in character is what you'll find. Their beliefs and their behavior will be consistent with the Word of God. You want to build relationships with people whose beliefs and behavior are consistent with the Word of God. 
And when you think about that, you think about a person who really desires to be what God wants them to be and achieve the things that God wants them to achieve in life. Secondly, you're looking for a person who's committed to you. A person who's committed to do what? To help you, you become your best. And should not every relationship be like that? Committed to you to help you become your best in life? Now watch this. And there are a lot of things we could probably say, but let me say this last one. Somebody who prays for you. Not God bless him, Lord help her, Be, Lord just, just bless him good, Lord. Now you know what? God convict him, God show him this. Lord, open his eyes, open the truth, show him the truth, God, whatever it may be. We want people to pray for us. You know what? The greatest asset you and I have on the face of this earth when it comes to relationships, people call our name to the living God. You can learn more about building godly relationships at intouch.org. And if you are encouraged and equipped today to boldly live out your faith in Christ, we'd like to know. Tomorrow on In Touch, when God says go, are you prepared to act? We'll be challenged to obey the Lord even when the way seems unclear with Tuesday's message, Taking Risks, on In Touch, the teaching ministry of Dr. Charles Stanley. This program is a presentation of In Touch Ministries, Atlanta, Georgia, and remains on this station through the grace of God and your faithful prayers and gifts. Welcome to Breakpoint, a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street. The despicable and horrendous attacks by Hamas against civilians last week, including the beheading of children and the kidnapping of the elderly, seems a throwback to some distant barbaric past of human history. We may have thought the world had long ago outgrown such barbarity, but apparently it has not. In fact, as shocking as it is, the kind of atrocities carried out by the Hamas terrorists are the norms of warfare, at least throughout most of human history. But if it's so horrifyingly and historically normal, where did the world get the idea that such barbarity is so wrong. The idea that non-combatants should not be killed in war can occasionally be found in some ancient discussions of warfare, but typically back then it was due to pragmatic reasons like needing the peasants to work the conquered land after you win the war. Christian just war theory, in sharp contrast, saw the protection of non-combatants as a matter of principle, not a matter of pragmatism, and the principle was grounded in a view of human value unique and distinct to Christianity, the view that every single human being is made in the image and likeness of God. God. Despite the Enlightenment's hostility to faith and the pervasive scientism of the 19th century, these Christian ideas about just war and the value of the individual retained a strong enough hold on Western culture to shape the Geneva Conventions about the conduct of war. As long as these core ethical ideas of the Judeo-Christian tradition hold sway, they act as a kind of check on the worst impulses of our fallen nature, impulses that quickly come to the surface during times of war. Now, of course, war crimes and violations of human dignity still occur occur by Western actors, and they should never be accepted or tolerated whenever they do occur. However, when barbarities are considered war crimes and violations rather than norms, then they happen far less than in the cultures where the ethical tradition is missing in the first place. And last Saturday, what the world saw was that in no uncertain terms, that tradition is missing in large parts of the Middle East. This is especially true for Islamic nations. Outside of a few reformers, Islam rejects as idolatry the idea that humans are made in the image of 
of God. And it's important to note that the rejection of the value of each individual person also allows Hamas to use their own people as pawns of war and as agents of propaganda. And so Hamas places missiles in military centers, in hospitals, and in schools, knowing that any and all attacks will lead to civilian casualties that can then be paraded in front of the rest of the world. In other words, dead women and children are the intended plan, not the unexpected consequence. When attacks like what happened last Saturday occur, Israel has to target missile sites and other military targets in order to keep its own citizens safe. And when doing so produces civilian casualties, it's tragic, but it's still an example of what Thomas Aquinas called double effect. In his example of double effect, it's ethical to take the life of another person, even though that's usually sin, if it's the only way to prevent him from killing you or another person. This is the situation that Israel faces. The only way to stop the attacks is to bomb important military sites and to break up the network. And when civilians die as an unintended, tragic, but inevitable consequence, then those deaths are also on the heads of Hamas for intentionally placing their civilians in harm's way. With the decline of Christian influence on the West, we should expect a resurgence of the kind of bloodlust and sadism that has characterized most of human history. All of this underscores why worldview is so important. Christianity is and has been good for the world. Its decline will lead to horrific consequences. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with Breakpoint. Today's Breakpoint was co-authored by Glenn Sunshine. And for more resources to live like a Christian today, go to breakpoint.org. Mmm, a pumpkin spice latte makes me so happy. <sighs> Until it's all gone. A lot of things provide a happiness that comes up empty. There are thousands of you listening to me that have searched for happiness all your life, and you've never found it. Billy Graham says there's only one way to find permanent happiness. And that is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. I beg of you to receive Christ today and begin a life of inward happiness and peace. I do not mean that there will not be disappointments and persecutions ahead, but I mean that in the midst of troubles and difficulties, there can be peace with God that will bring an inward happiness. You can be happy today by giving your life to Christ. Learn more about giving your life to Christ and experiencing true happiness at findpeacewithgod.net. That's finepeacewithgod.net. We're the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association.